Good morning. <clears throat> Is this on? All right, good. All right. Um, I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas and are looking forward to the new year as it comes this year. I'm, a lot of people are probably going, oh, thank goodness this year is over. Um, let's just have a word of prayer before we begin. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would just open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us today. Lord, as we're leaving 2020 and all the challenges that it had and, and moving on to 2021 and all the challenges that lie ahead, Lord, we ask that you would just prepare us, Lord, um, help us to make decisions that would lead us into just a, a wonderful year that we can serve you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I have some uh, stories today that will hopefully will help you to, uh, to, to realize that there is a, a way to serve God and to, and to use your talents and your gifts to, to serve him. And to start off with a story about a, a, a young sophomore. This was back in the 1990s. So it was a while back, but um, his name was John, and he had a really good summer be before school started, and, and he had gone to, to Bible camp, and, and he had made a commitment, that I'm going to do something for God this year. So he really didn't know what he was going to do. One of the things he decided that he was going to do was that he was going to pray before school every morning. What, one of the weird things about John is when he prayed, he would walk around and he would pray and he would say, Lord Jesus, and he would always just have to walk while he was praying. And he didn't like to pray silently, he liked to pray out loud. So he went to the, to the lobby of his school and he was walking around and he was praying, Lord, use me this year, help me to know what I should do. I want to see this, the people at this school come to know you as their savior. And you know, there were some boys that were in the lobby and they started making fun of him. It's like, who are you talking to, John? John, no one can hear you. Are, what, are you crazy, buddy? And so, um, but he's like, Lord, I don't, I don't really care what those guys say. I'm just, I'm doing it for you, Lord. And so he was doing it for several days. And then on the third day, a young lady named Amanda, you know, just like, she, she, she saw him praying and she just got behind him and started walking behind him praying. And so the guys are like, hey, John, I see you brought your girlfriend today. Oh boy, she's a looker. Now, Amanda wasn't very good looking. She was short, she had glasses, she had, her complexion wasn't very good. But she was in there and she was praying and John's like, I don't know who this girl is, Lord, but help me to, to do something that will help this school to come to know you. And then several days later, Several of Amanda's youth group friends joined in. So they had, they had five kids just walking around the lobby and they were praying. And uh, the, the, the jeers from the other kids it started like fading away a little bit, but they were still making fun of like, ah, oh, you got five now. And um, as, the, as like a month passed and then there was 30. And then another month passed and the, uh, there was like 60 kids. And the administration came to him and said, you know, John, we, we, we can't have this. There's, there's all these kids that are coming in for school, and we can't have you praying in the lobby. You're going to have to stop. And John's like, well, the gym's open at that time. Can we go to the gym? And they said, that's fine with us, as long as you're not in the lobby. And so a couple months later, there were 800 kids praying in the gym before school. And what, what caused this? It, it, caused, it was because these kids had stepped forward and they were willing to 
to have guts to pray in front of others and to, and this is just one kid started it and then another kid joined and then three more and then they saw just a revival happen in their school. I'm not sure what happened after this, after this um, story as to what, you know, how, how far that went, but uh, for a while that school was really touched by that young man who was willing to step forward and pray for his school. Here's another story of a youth. Uh, Phil was a freshman. And uh, he was praying, Lord, I, I need to just sh- show someone about you. And he saw that in the lunchroom there was a table of, of senior football players. And they were all sitting there. And he just felt like God wanted him to share his love with them. So Phil went over to them. And, and he went and sat down and said, hi, my name's Phil. I love Jesus. And I want to tell him that he loves you too. And one of the football players, one of the linebackers, looked at him and said, Really, Phil? If you love Jesus so much, why don't you get up on the table and, and tell the whole cafeteria? So Phil, like, he's a freshman, he just get up, got up on the chair, got up on the table and said, Hi, my name's Phil. I love Jesus, and I want him to tell you that Jesus loves you too. And so these guys were all laughing at him, and a bunch of other people were laughing at him. And then you hear, Hi. My name's Amy, I love Jesus. And then another kid, hi, my name's Rick, I love Jesus. And then several kids all around the the, the cafeteria started getting up on their table and saying, hi, my name is Steve or whatever, and I love Jesus. And that day, the Christians in that school realized we're not alone. There are others of us. And they were able to, to start having a ministry together and to, to share the gospel with other kids because that one kid took a risk. What do, we, what do we do with the opportunities that come our way? We're going to read Matthew 25, 14 to 29. If you would turn to Matthew 25, 14 to 29. Matthew 25, Jesus is telling a parable, and uh, he's trying to encourage them to use the talents that they have. Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master... You delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who had had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. 
His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So this story helps us to know that it's, it's basically a talent back then was a, a, a type of gold, you know, and so they were given this, but we also know talents as the things that we have, the abilities that we have that God has given us. We also have gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you read several places in the, in the, in the Bible, there are lists of what some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And we're going to look at these two different types of servants. First of all, we have the two servants that worked hard with their talents. Both of them got some talents. One had five, one had two, and both of them worked hard to double the amount that they were given. The fact that the one started with five and made five more is, is no less significant than, one, than the one who started with two and gain two more. Both of them did pretty much exactly the same thing, working hard with their talent. Sometimes, you know, some people have a whole bunch of talents. I mean, I think about if you've ever watched uh, any movies by The Rock, I mean, the guy can sing, the guy's good looking, he's got an average body, you know, um, but um, he's just got so many talents and he, he uses them, you know, in different ways. And you look at him and go, wow, man, that guy's got a lot of talents. But then you have other people who have maybe just one talent. And they can use that one talent in extremely good ways. Um, but God has given us all different types of talents. And whether we're giving, given a lot of talent or whether we're given a little bit of talent, we need to use it to the best of our ability. When I left the ministry back in 2003, uh, I got a job at uh, StrideWrite. And uh, I was uh, going to school during the day, working on a, another degree, and then working at nights uh, at StrideWrite. And one of the things I, I did was at the beginning of every shift, I prayed Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I wanted to make sure that God knew that the job I was doing was to honor and glorify him. So I would work at it with the best of my ability. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, this is just a couple verses later, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So my goal was to be the hardest working person at Stride Right every single night I was there. 
And for the most part, I pretty much was, except for maybe a couple nights where I really wasn't feeling that good and just decided, that, oh, forget it, I'm not going to, I don't have to work hard tonight. I have other days that I can work hard. But I was doing it to honor my God. I was doing it to the best of my ability because that honors Jesus. And I encourage you that, that take that as a goal. Maybe these verses, Colossians 3.17, Colossians 3.23, you know, pray them before you start your work every day, saying like, this is my job, and Lord, I want to bless you with my job. Whether you like your job or not, it doesn't matter. It's to do it with your best of your ability, knowing that you are honoring God with your work. Now, these guys... They took their talents and they used them. One had five, one had two. But they used their talents because they wanted to please their master. And we need to use the talents that we're given to please our master. If you're a, a, a husband or a wife, you want to do your best to, to please the, the person that you married. If you're a parent, you want to raise kids that honor and glorify God. And you want to do it to your best of your ability. All the things that we do in life, we need to do to the best of our ability. Now let's take a look at this third servant who did nothing with his talent. He was called wicked and slothful, which is lazy, because he didn't do anything with the talent that he was given. He just took it and went, Okay, what am I supposed to do with this? I have no idea. I'm just going to hide it. I'm just going to put it away so that when he comes back, I can give it back to him because I, I have no idea what to do with this. And I really don't want to do anything with it because, you know, there's other things to do in life. He was given that talent and expected to do something with it. Sure, he only had the one talent. And, you know, in the parable, it said, each according to their ability. Now, this guy didn't have as much ability as the other two, obviously. And so he was only given one talent. But you know what? If you only have one talent, then you only have to focus on just the one talent. Um, when I was in school, um, there was this one guy that he was a pretty good athlete. And uh, he was really good at badminton. Now, badminton, I was one of, that was one of my sports. I played five sports a year in, in high school. This is Canada. So badminton was one of my sports. And that was just like one of the things I did, you know, three months of the year. But this guy did badminton year-round. And so he was really good at this one sport. We had another guy, and all he did was run and run and run. And he finished third in both the 1500 and the 3000 in Ontario, which was, you know, a, a pretty good, you know, finish. And he actually ran a 402 mile in the, in the mile at the end of the, of the year. And they had this mile that people from all across North America, all seniors from across North America came. And he actually, he was voted as athlete of the year. And I'm like, how was he athlete of the year when he only did one sport and I did five sports? My brother did like four sports and other people did a whole bunch of sports but they focused on their one talent that they had. And they used that one talent and they got the glory and honor for it. There's a guy, guy named uh, J.D. Barker, he was an author. And he, he was famous for saying, if you try and fail, at least you've tried. 
But if you don't try, you have failed already. So if you don't use the gifts and talents that God has given you, you failed already. What you need to do is you need to try and do something with the gifts that God has given you. Now, if you go and say, okay, I think I'm going to be on the hospitality committee. And, and you do some hospitality things and you, and you find that, you know, I'm really not good with people. How about I be, I, you know, do, get on the prayer committee and then just work with that. And you're like, okay, I, maybe I'm not good at that. Or I'm on this committee, I'm, I'm working with this, I'm doing this. Try and try and try until you find something that God can, can use you in. Because God can use you and God is wanting to use you. But don't give up. Find something that God wants you to do and do it. I'm going to end with a story. Angie was sitting at an airport and uh, her plane was going to be a, a while because she got there early. And so she's like, she's sitting by herself and, and she reached into her bag and got out her Bible and she started reading and she was thinking about what she was reading and she's like, Lord, help me to, to show, my, show your love to someone today. And as she looked up, there were a whole bunch of people that were looking at her. And she's like, why are all these people looking at me? And then she realized that they weren't looking at her, they were looking behind her. So she turned around and there was this really not good looking old man being wheeled in a wheelchair into the room. And she's like, that is the ugliest guy I've ever seen. His hair was, was long and white and just messed up. And his face was really, really old and wrinkled. And, uh, and they went and pushed him over to, uh, next to a, a row of chairs because he was in a wheelchair. And she looked at him and then she looked away and then she started trying to read her Bible again. But she felt like God was saying, you need to go over and talk to that man. And she's like, why would God want me to talk to him? She's like, God, I really don't want to do that. But she couldn't get him out of, his mind, out of her mind. So she got up, and as she got up and looked at him and looked at his hair, she knew what she needed to do. So she went over to him and said, Sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair for you? And he said, what? What do you say? And she says, oh, goodness, he's hard of hearing. So she said louder, sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair? You have to speak up. I'm practically deaf. I can't hear you. So this time, almost yelling, sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair? And he's like, okay, sure. And she's like, oh, I don't have a brush. I got a brush in my bag right there. So she took the brush and having a, a, a little girl of her own, she knew how to, to, to brush the hair and get out the tangles. And so she worked for a while and got out the tangles and she's brushing his hair, making it look good. And she sees that he's got tears going down his face. And she goes, am I hurting you? And he's like, no, no. And so she got down in front of him and said, are you okay? And he said, well, I'm on my way home to see my wife right now. Yeah, I had to come here to this town to, to, get, a, to get a surgery done. And I, I'm going home to see my wife and my bride. 
And I was, one, I was just worried about how badly I would look for her. And I want to thank you for doing this for me. And she said, sir, do you know Jesus? Oh, yes. My, my bride, when I was dating her, I, I wanted to marry her. And she said, I won't marry you unless, unless you know Jesus. And so I went to church and I accepted Jesus and I've been serving him all these years. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. And so she thanked, she was, you know, happy that she could have done that. And they, he was one of the first ones wheeled onto the plane because he was in a wheelchair. And the flight attendant who was at the gate came over to her and said, why did you do that? What made you get up and do that? And she said, well, it was the love of Jesus. And she, the flight attendant said, well, tell me more about Jesus. So it was kind of interesting. She was able to share because she actually had the guts to go up and, and do what God wanted her to do. I'm going to close with a verse if the musicians want to come forward. Matthew 5. 14 to 16 says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven.